Sure. Hello there, everyone. Welcome to Digital Nomad Mastery, the podcast and the video cast where we teach you how to make money while traveling the world. Speaking of traveling the world, we're currently traveling to the beautiful Philippines where my wife's from. We're exploring Vigan, which is about nine hours north of Manila. We're spending time with my wife's family because both her parents live here and our kids are absolutely loving it because they get to meet all their cousins and uncles and it's good for me and my wife because we get all the helpers. They cook, they clean, they babysit and we're having a great time here. So make sure you check out our blog for all the updates uh, from a Daddy Blogger World Tour at daddyblogger.com. And one of the things I love to do is interview fellow entrepreneurs and I have one here on the show. Her name is De uh, Debbie Arcangelis and she is the founder and the host of the Offbeat Life podcast. It's an amazing podcast which features people who are living extraordinary offbeat unconventional lives. People like entrepreneurs, digital nomads, creatives, artisans and more. Uh, so I actually had a chance to be on Debbie's show and I'll have the link below so you'll be able to listen to that episode. And now I get to return the favor, switch the roles. I'm the host, Debbie's the guest. We're going to be finding out all about her journey. She's, a, she's actually, ironically enough, from the Philippines originally. She immigrated from the Philippines to the US and uh, uh, you know, there's obviously transitions there. And she left the traditional nine to five job to be more of a creative and artisan. And of course, with having Asian parents, maybe that's not the best choice according to the parents, right? So we're gonna be covering all of these types of topics. And of course, how to transition from nine to five to being more uh, location independent and more entrepreneurial. So Debbie, uh, great to have you on the show. How are you doing today, my friend? I'm great. Thank you so much for having me on your show, Ricky. I'm really excited. <laughs> I'm super excited too. And I just want to apologize if there's any Wi-Fi hiccups because I'm here at a hotel. I just checked in today. So I had no idea how the Wi-Fi quality would be, but it's unfortunately not very good. So we might have a little bit of flags and hiccups, but hey, it's all part of the digital nomad journey. So Debbie, uh, we always start our show by finding out about the guest story. So why don't you trace it back to the beginning? I already shared a little bit of your backstory of being from the Philippines, immigrating to the US and then becoming an entrepreneur. Why don't you do a little bit of a deeper dive, uh, two or three minutes on your story? Absolutely. So I was born in the Philippines in a tiny, tiny little town called Draha City. Even if you've been to the Philippines, I'm sure you and you have bonus points for you. I would like to know who you are. <laughs> um, so I grew up there like many immigrant families. My mom, I was around three or four. So I grew up with my dad until I was about eight years old. And I just saw my mom maybe two or three times. Um, and I didn't really know her so I didn't have a mom for for all of those times and then we were lucky enough that was able to bring it to age eight and ironically enough my dad was before my mom left um so this is one thing that really that um, one parent especially uh, mothers would leave their children to their dads and the dads actually were the John, the mom who was taking care of the family. So before my mom left to go to the United States to work here, he gave up that life. So my dad was really great. Um, he gave up that life to take care of me so my mom could take care of us in the United States. So it had in the Philippines, and I don't think it's talked about enough, that the men in the Philippines are pretty amazing. So... <laughs> that they were able to 
do that. Um, was able to go back to being in the Merchant Marines once we came to the United States. So again, I was left with a one-parent household, even my parents. Again. It was a very interesting transition for me, uh, getting to know a parent, my mom, who I didn't really and then leaving my dad and him leaving me and he would come to to us maybe three on the year and he came back officially when I was 18 so that's a long stretch of just seeing my dad for three months out of the year or that so I was always into art into the arts I was very much into photography and I was a photojournalist for a few years in college was photography and I was also an art teacher so I um, dove into a lot of different careers when I was in my 20s so it's anyone who was in their 20s to definitely experiment with whatever it is that you're interested in because that's how you're going to learn what you were meant to do for the time we think that we know something or we feel like this job or career is what we really want to have and then try and immediately know what you're going to end up doing in your life is just just keep trying over and over again and a lot of people are afraid of failing and don't be afraid of that is going to get you to where you need to be so fail as much as you can because it's going to get you closer to success And that, and so, yeah, I tried being becoming a photojournalist. So I did that. I worked in art galleries all over New York City. Although uh, do that, and then I was an art teacher. I taught in New York City, and yeah, so I did so many things. And then now I am part time. are diagnosed with autism, and I've been doing that, and also my podcast. And when I used to travel a lot when I was a, a photojournalist, and even now when I travel a lot for work, I meet a lot of really interesting people who have life ended up in this podcast. You've definitely lived an offbeat, unconventional life yourself, you know, in terms of just hearing your story here. And I love how now you are highlighting other people's offbeat lives as well. So I'd like to do a deeper dive into this whole following your dream as an artist, as a creative, you know, a lot of people have this dream. And, you know, we're talking as Asians, you know, like I'm Indian ethnicity, so I'm kind of Asian, right? And you're Filipino who is fully Asian. And, you know, even if you're European or North American, Australian, typically parents want what's best for the kids. And with Asian families, it's even stronger in terms of like lawyer, doctor, dentist, uh, engineer, maybe, right? Lawyer, doctor, dentist, engineer. And that's the definition of success. You've made it. Happy, happy, happy parents. But if you're doing something more creative, like podcasting, like parents didn't even know what podcasting was or a photojournalist and stuff like that, isn't that just a hobby, right? So I'm sure you've heard that a lot from your parents. Tell us about how you dealt with that on an inner level. How did you, uh, you know, shut your ears to the negativity and how did you focus and stay positive? Yeah, well, the thing is that when I was 18, I just started um, college that year. And I went into school and I thought I'm going to go and absolutely hated it. So if you're Filipino or know Filipinos, you know that most Filipinos want their... 
so that parent's huge thing is they wanted to, me to be a nurse and I, I, I can't, I don't, <laughs> I don't want to be a nurse. So I either went back to school to do nursing because I decided I didn't want to do advertising and marketing or I had to lose. I was very rebellious then. Um, I still feel like I am now. And I actually ended up going to my aunt in Florida. So I thought that they would actually push me to become nurses, which was the total opposite. They pushed me to to be and they art schools they took me to art exhibits and so I was fortunate enough that I knew maybe what I did for myself but you really have to get the courage for yourself to know if you want something not but things um you have to in certain ways and I knew my parents didn't really want me to be in the arts but you have to experiment with your own life before and you shouldn't be living it for other people. And I knew that even when I was a teenager, I couldn't live my life for my parents. And the one thing that I thought about to get me here so that I can live a life that I really want to live, it would be really a shame for me to waste that on a job that I hate as well when I have many more opportunities that I can delve into, right? So that's really how I thought about it even then. Even now, I that I really believe in and I truly will say when I'm 80 years old that I was very happy with my decisions. That's how I think about it. Yeah, that, that's a great insights there. I'm curious to know, like, if the parents are very opposed, like, they're just like, there's no way in heck that my, my daughter, my son is going to be a full-time artist. How do you deal with that? Like, do you disown them? Do you just say, bye, mom, bye, dad. I'm going to go live somewhere else. Because that's even going to be more destructive, right? Because you need your parents, you know, your, your birth from them, and you need that healthy, strong uh, relationship with both mom and dad. Any tips or advice for maybe people um, who are listening and watching who are facing the same dilemma you faced? And how did you deal with it with your parents? How did you uh, get them or convince them to accept your destiny? Yeah, so the way it turned out is that they said I was very determined, and I know a lot of people are not lucky like that, but I also sat them down, and we really sat down and this thing. And I think communication with anyone who is close to you and who you love, especially even if you don't understand, things that is so crucial to hopefully understanding each other because I don't you know I'm not in my parents shoes they want they did they've struggled so much and to think you know I I can put myself in that shoes I'm not a mother yet but if I my down the wrong path of course I would say something but I think if you just sat them down and you gave them the reasons why you think this way you do what you want to do with your life for just a little while so you can prove that this is really the path that you want to go into is is really crucial to that and having it don't disown people that you love because that's not gonna go well unless they're harming you and and really 
something horrible I probably have done. But if it's out of love and concern, then there has to be communication. Now, if there's you, I don't know. There should be someone you should talk to um, about it as well. Yeah, definitely communication is the key. And I think you have to look at it from their perspective. You know, they want the best for you. They're not just trying to be a bad mom or bad dad. They're looking out for your interest. They're like, okay, is this person going to be able to make money? Are they going to be sustainable? So they're thinking from the money perspective and the future perspective. And I think from the love and care perspective, for the most part, most parents have that, <laughs> that uh, good uh, intentions for their children. So uh, you've actually transitioned, you know, you did follow your dreams from a nine to five uh, to an entrepreneur. And then you actually did go back to the part-time. Tell us about that transition. Like how's it been in terms of the income, in terms of your emotions, in terms of feeling like giving up and thinking, what the heck am I doing? Tell us about that emotional up and down journey you've been on. Yeah, so I actually was a freelancer, <coughs> excuse me, about three or four times. I just have that didn't work out. So now I did freelancing and I started businesses and they didn't work out because some of them, um, I didn't know the biggest things that we struggle with as freelancers is actually how to monetize something most people didn't know how to monetize it or I was getting paid so little that it was just not sustainable so um and then starting a business there's so many things getting clients that I didn't know as well and then also there were things that I started in business that I just went in for money thing that I was there for and that didn't work out because there was no passion behind it. So there's a lot of things that people will tell you, follow your passions, but also, and so I was like, well, I tried to do that and it didn't work. So now I'm going to follow something just for the money. And I came to realize that right, your has to be there, but you also have to align it with the talents that you have. And then once you put those two things, together you it's pretty much magic you're going to be able to do it and do it successfully so there was a lot of fears there was a lot of failure really happy those made me learn and that's how i am where i am right now that's where it got me today is because i know how to uh and i've learned from it and it brought me here and you know it's it's on the way up <laughs> sounds great debbie sounds great so a lot of people they're in this situation they might be listening to this podcast on their drive to or from work hating their job they might be in their cubicle on a lunch break listening to this podcast and they want to do what you've done you know transition from a corporate job or a nine-to-five job to being more entrepreneurial and they have fears right like they're thinking like what if i can't make it financially so what would you suggest would you suggest more like the Ditch the job and, you know, do full-time plunge in, right? And go, uh, you know, cold turkey, full Monty and do the entrepreneurial love project. Or would you say it's just working nine to five and then maybe doing it as a side hustle, generating the income on the side. What is your kind of uh, suggestion there? Which approach should you take? So I've done both. Let's <laughs> several times and failed and I've done both of them I would say that it depends on the person and what you're comfortable with 
that have not cold turkey and they've done it successfully and that was probably because they knew and they had the right of it already that now what I'm doing is I'm actually slowly transitioning out of my nine to five so I still have a part and job and so actually leaving this job the end of this year and what I've done is I'm creating a system for my business that I have now I'm at one job I'm not strapped for cash I have a lot of savings I have no debt so it's whether you're gonna leave a job and just do it full-time cold turkey or you're going to do it step by step like I'm doing right now now a plan you need to be able to prepare yourself because there's going to be a lot of low times and hard times along the way and being an entrepreneur and a third looking up and down right you're always going up or it's going to be really down and you never know which you're going to be hit with to be prepared that it's always going to be um you're always going to be prepared for everything but you should at least have something uh to go forward with otherwise you're just going to go back to your day job and that's not a bad thing um but it, every time you go back it has to be a learning experience so yeah it depends it depends on you what you want to do but i would say is to prepare uh get a lot of savings clients already believe and don't unless you really don't want to go back to that job don't um lead a master path go back to that unless you absolutely really hate it and you hate everybody there and you never want to go back but um i always say be other people that want to be treated because you're going to meet those people again <laughs> Yeah, definitely some great advice there. It depends on your risk tolerance, depends on your creativity, depends on, like you said, your savings, how much debt you have, if you have any dependables, uh, depends on, uh, you know, the expenses, uh, you know, uh, involved with the new business you're starting, a whole bunch of variables. So it's hard to say one solution fits all. So I'd love to hear a little bit more about your business. So uh, you are in the midst of transition. Tell us more about your business. What are you currently doing and what are your intentions for the future to build it up even more? Yeah, so I have a podcast, Offbeat Life. So my business is my podcast. And podcasting has been around for a long time, for a few years, but not many people know that I have done that. I, I get sponsorships from it, but I also am a very big believer in packages. And so I've come across a lot of people in the podcasting industry. And one of the biggest things is that I don't know how to monetize because I don't know yet. And I always say you can monetize it, but you have to have packages, right? So whether you have your podcast, you have your you have your website, email marketing solutions, you do coaching. That's the way you, you do it. You just don't do it with one. So now actually, this is such a unique niche there's sponsors that have been coming up to me and they want to pay me to do it and it's really interesting also in the travel industry and usually they're more interested in your social media but for my sponsors they're very much interested 
sponsor to be sponsors for the podcast and I'm able to leverage that and make pretty decent living from it. And that's how I'm able to position Nate because um, marketing and sponsorships for in the podcast and social media and also um, other marketing strategy for this individual that's built to it with my business. Awesome. And you brought up something really key. You said uh, uh, the whole idea of packages and a lot of podcasters, a lot of bloggers, a lot of YouTubers, a lot of, you know, social media people, they struggle with monetizing their social media, monetizing their YouTube. You know, they might get a few dollars, few hundred dollars here and there on ad revenue. But in terms of, you know, really sustainable income, it's uh, sometimes challenging, especially if you're building it up. Uh, so maybe you can give some tips on how, Kind, what kind of packages, how do you create the packages and what kind of um, offers do you offer in the packages to your sponsors? Every person who's in this industry, if you're doing this, you definitely need your media kit. You have your numbers, all of that, obviously. But what you're selling and, and what you can give and if you have loyal and engaged following you can sell your brand and two sponsorships and you know you need to be able to learn your own value right because even if you don't have a lot of following you can make a lot of money because are giving you and your audience are giving you so now I offer a lot of different things and for each of them I something separate. I offer sponsorship for the podcast. Uh, so intros, outros, um, you know, would offer for social media, um, Instagram, Facebook, all of that. And then email marketing, website posts. So as, as much you can actually do it. And that's how you uh, start adding up the dollars is because you're not just selling one thing, you're selling a few different and then have a thing like mentorships with with people who want to uh, be on podcast, uh, start doing their podcasts as well, or want to learn how do they uh, combine their passions with their talents. So there's a lot of things that you can do. Don't think about is it has to all combine to a lot of different things, and you have to think outside of the box, especially if you're you're gonna get content unless you are in a specific niche that nobody else does which is very rare now uh, there's always gonna be other people for something similar so you have to really be you have to be your own brand and really create a story for yourself in order for other people to notice you and for the brands to notice you as well Perfect. Yeah. A great break, breakdown there of how you can monetize your podcast and, uh, you know, leveraging uh, the, the, the views, having that media kit, the press kit, the pitch kit, and then, uh, you know, uh, different places you can put the advertising, not just in the podcast, not just in your intro and outro, but on your social media, uh, shout outs, etc. So I'm curious to know on your podcast, you've been interviewing all these guests with offbeat, unconventional lives. What have you learned? What have you gained uh, as the host? You know, uh, what have you absorbed for your own life from the wisdom of all your guests? So a lot of different things. It's a lot of persistence, right? So there's going to be a lot of failures in her along the 
play the ones who are just very much persistent and they just keep going even when the going gets tough that we see, especially now media there's so many things that were shown that it's just all the pretty stuff but then we don't know all the obstacles so about that. there's a lot of things that these people had to go through in order to get to where they are so I always say the more beautiful the images are the harder there's a lot of um there's a lot of things that you you have to learn and it goes with experience all the failure comes after all all the experience comes after all the failures so that especially that persistence you don't just go what you're passionate about you have to find talents with it so I could be passionate about rock climbing right I could be super passionate about it but if I'm not talented enough, I get any money from it Right. So I need to be able to be realistic as well on how I can become an entrepreneur, how I need a freelancer. That's when you really have to leverage your talents and then combine it with your passion in order for you to do this. We can't hear you. We can't no. Okay, okay. Uh, sorry, we have a little bit of uh, issues here. I think uh, I muted myself. I muted myself and there was a little bit of internet issues. But anyway, uh, my, okay. yeah. yeah, my question... I can uh, hear you now. Yeah. Perfect, Debbie. My question for you is, tell us more about your vision for your future. You're going to be quitting the job by the end of 2018, going full-time with the 2019 and beyond for your podcast. Tell us about where do you see yourself in the next few years in terms of life, business, and more. Yeah, so once I like so I'm in New York City. I've lived here since we came to the United States. I'm uh, I was living in Queens and now I'm in the Bronx. So I have been here for fifth. We've um, been here for throughout that whole time. So we actually plan on hopefully moving to the West Coast and loving and so we want to be able to work over there and also really get to know the other part of that country and I really want the best and from it I have been meeting so many incredible entrepreneurs and people so just keep starting with the there and doing it. Um, I'm coming out with an e-course next year as well. So I will hopefully keep you posted with that and just keep growing it. And really, because that's really what I love is not just sharing inspiring people stories, but also helping my listeners out. So this is also why I start this path and why it's growing and why it's successful because it's not just about me and a business, but it's also helping helping other people. So we really want out from this is that I want to help as much people as I can to live the life that they 
really want to my goal for 2019 is to keep growing the podcast and to help as much people as I can. That is an incredible goal. Definitely wishing the best for, for this uh, upcoming journey ahead. So Debbie, in conclusion, how can people connect with you? You got your website, you got your social media. Of course, you got to plug away at your podcast and more. Uh, how can people connect with you? Yeah, absolutely. So if you want to listen to the podcast, you can go to theoffbeatlife.com and you download all the episodes there. If you want to find me on social media, my personal Instagram, where most of my followers are, is F-B-E-A-T-T-R-E-K-K-E-R. So that's a lot of double letters there. <laughs> It's a beat track brand of travel pictures. I highlight what I'm doing with my life, with the business right now, with the podcast, with the interviewing. So you can find there. Also, I am on Facebook at the OB Life. So these are all different handles. For some reason, Facebook didn't want to give me the offbeat. I don't know. Uh, but then share a lot of different things to my audience and hopefully you can um, see me there. And if you want to ask me any questions, feel free to see us or email me at hello at theoffbeatlife.com there you go hello at theoffbeatlife.com uh, theoffbeatlife.com and of course all the social media handles as well i'll have those links below so if you're watching this on youtube you can click right through and if you're listening on itunes they'll be right in the show notes you can click right through there as well so debbie uh, it was a joy and an honor to have you on the show today and as they say in filipino and tagalog salamat <laughs> Thank you. And thanks everyone for tuning into this episode. Once again, apologies if there was any internet issues, but hey, this is all part of the digital nomad journey, uh, you know, dealing with the bad Wi-Fi. So thanks everyone for tuning in and make sure you uh, follow Debbie on her podcast, follow us as well, subscribe to her, subscribe to us, leave her a comment, leave us a comment, and we'll catch up with you guys in the next episode. Happy travels.